I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. History is being made in Saudi Arabia this month. For the first time, women will be a part of the Shura Council. That's the closest thing Saudi Arabia has to a parliament. The council's members are not elected, they're appointed by the king, and they don't pass or enact laws, they advise the monarch. Still, the decision by King Abdullah to appoint 30 women to the Shura Council is a big deal for many Saudis. One of the council's first female members is Thuraya al-Arayed. She's a graduate of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and worked for many years in corporate planning. She says she wasn't really surprised by her appointment. I... Uh kind of anticipated the possibility because a lot of people mentioned it to me Mm. that they think I would be one of the people selected. You're one of 30 women now on the Shura Council, and that raises female membership to 20 percent of the total council. By comparison, in the U.S. Congress, women make up 18 percent of the representatives. So tell us, how significant is this change and how will it change Saudi Arabia? The important thing to remember here is it is the first time, so we didn't grow little by little. The king wanted a good representation from the very start. He's a devout supporter of women, so he didn't want to have two, three faces there just to please others who complain that there are no women. So 30 from the very beginning. As you said, it's 20 percent, which is a great start. You say the king, King Abdullah, is a devout supporter of women, but I think the perception around the world is that the royal family in Saudi Arabia are are not great supporters of women's rights. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, you are. Generalizations are always wrong. The royal family, which is, what, 5,000, 6,000 strong, a lot of them are supportive. A lot of them were educated outside. Uh, Our uh, foreign minister was educated in Princeton. They all understand the need for moving with time, but also the need for keeping the society stable. You know, you can't bring change and bang them on the head with it and expect it to succeed. It has to grow roots. Right. Having said that, I, I would also say that in our case, it has been proven that a decision from above is always more successful than leaving it for people to haggle about. And in the end, you know, it takes forever because people never agree. Well, speaking of support, 50 clerics held a public protest against King Abdullah's decision. How much influence do they have to change this edict? And I think they try their best. Their opinion is they don't want women in the shura. They, their opinion is also to keep their own privileges and Uh, their hold on decision-making. And having decided not to meet them or allow them in, they were stopped at the checkpoint, Mm. indicates the direction in which we are going. The the country has to make its own decisions, you know, in the light of what it, it needs, not in the light of what one group of the society needs. Do you think these clerics are a thing of the past and that Saudi Arabia is inevitably moving in this direction? Again, again we are generalizing. When mm. we say clerics, it's a huge group. There were some that blessed the steps of the king and his decision, and you know they publicly announced that this is a good step and they are all for it. But I think you know when it gets to this point, you have to also put your foot down and show that there is a government that decides. Right. Since the Shura Council does not have legislative power to enact laws, what kind of influence are you hoping women will have on how laws will be shaped in Saudi Arabia? Remember, we are talking about the past. This new session that is coming may hold also different 
powers for the legislative side of the shura? I don't know. But the anticipation is things are moving in a very positive direction, and the shura will be given more chances, you know, to play a stronger role than it has done before. And you could tell by the kind of people that were selected. Now, excuse me for being one of them, but even if I wasn't, I would say that the ones that were selected are really excellent. Mm. Let me ask you about one issue that's uh, important in Saudi Arabia, and that is uh, a, a lot of uh, the youth, this bulge between 18 and 35, especially men who feel that they didn't get part of that oil revenue that their government promised them. How, how do you deal with that? That's a really crucial problem, isn't it? You know, one of the messages I always try to remind them is you, you can't expect to be just sitting and somebody puts what you need in your lap. You need to have initiative. Mm. Now, for a long time, the government was the prime employer in the public sector. Then the public sector got saturated. And the private sector started importing the, you know, working hands and brains from outside because they're cheaper. Now, the youth complain because they want a job as their parents did. You know, very pleasant, very good pay, but things have changed economically, just like you, you in the U.S., you know, with the economics now. The economy is not as good as it used to be. We have a great revenue, but we have a big country with a lot of services which are provided by the government. Now, we need to, ha- to change a little bit of our perception and attitude of our role in it as citizens. You need to look for different solutions, entrepreneurship, uh, teamwork, have your own business. Start with a small job and grow up with it. And then, you know, we look at the private sector and ask them to be less uh, selfish. Think of the needs of the country and not just of their own profits. Right. There are so many angles that you look at, and if you don't see them all together and work on all different fronts, finding the right solutions or the optimum solutions will take forever. Dr. Thuraya Al-Arayed, one of the new female members of the Shura Council in Saudi Arabia, thank you very much for speaking with us. You're most welcome.